What's up, podcast, and welcome back to the Heroes for Sale podcast. So, uh, one of my most popular episodes, actually, is uh, an episode that was episode number two, actually. And it was only like ten minutes long. Um, and it was basically, it was beginner tips on how to start collecting. And... I listened back to it, and I think now that we're 20, 28 or 29 episodes in, I think I can add a little bit more context maybe to some of the points that I made on that episode. So for the most part, I think my two tips there were to start small and to collect the cards that you like. Um, I'll start with the first one, so starting small. What does that mean? So... It means a couple different things, in my opinion. I think you can start small with the amount of money that you're spending. Um, you could start small with the uh, cards that you're looking into, the players you're looking into, the products you're looking into, the sports you're looking into. I mean, realistically, if you... My suggestion, and I think the thing that I kind of did was I really focused on one type of card so when I started collecting I okay so actually no so when I started collecting again I looked at Bowman a lot but then my I kind of shifted to looking into tops base rookie cards and I know if you've heard any of my TikToks or you have heard any of the other episodes of the podcast you've heard me talk about um, one of the cheaper ways to get into the card game is to look into like just base tops baseball rookie cards uh and that can be confusing i mean to be honest like i know on one of the other episodes i went into something about um how tops can treat their rookie cards the way that the the way that upper deck does with the young guns and to establish that this is basically the most important base rookie card where tops like a player if like this year Jordan Alvarez and Bo Bichette are probably going they're going to be on the checklist for top series 1, top series 2 and tops update. So the most important card in my eyes is going to be that series 1 card because it's because it's the first flagship rookie of theirs. But then you look at like a player like uh, Ronald Acuna, who uh, had a short print in Series 2 in 2018, and then he was in the regular release in Topps Update. The thing with his cards is that it's extremely hard to find the short print in Series 2, so, like, people almost aren't even bothering because, like, the pricing of it is just absolutely ridiculous. Well, not ridiculous, but it's, it's, it's expensive, and like I said, I think that's probably... Maybe his most important rookie card. So, like, the pricing for me makes sense. But it's also just short printed. So, that's another reason why it's going to be a little bit uh, a little bit more expensive. Vlad Jr. also had a short print in Series 2 this year. Which was a little bit different from what I heard. Because I heard people saying that when they were opening cases. Uh, which I think there's 12 boxes in a case. They were hitting of Vlad every other box, essentially. Which, from my experience, I opened up two boxes of Series 2. And I hit one Vlad. Um, so starting small, like with just tops base 
baseball rookie cards. That's one way that you can start. Or you can look into just basketball. Like, you could look into just Panini Prism, which Panini Prism is even easier because there is literally only one release of Prism. Uh, there was something that was going on, like, there was a update to the checklist or something for this year. There was, like, a Series 2 option on one of the, like, menus on Panini's website, which they said it wasn't going to be a second release, that it was just going to be an updated release, which it doesn't... That kind of seems like it's going to be a second release, so I don't exactly know what's going to happen there, but, uh, like, if you're looking into basketball and you're looking into just Panini Prism basketball rookies, you basically are only looking at one card. That's why it can be a little bit more confusing depending on the sport that you're looking into. Which, if you're new, like, that can... I mean, just the fact that there's two different cards can make it seem like, well, which card should I buy? Um, and that's kind of where I'm getting at with starting small. like, And that's with the card specifically. So, like, if you are... If you're spending money and you're looking to start your collection, you know, I don't think you... You don't have to spend, like, $100 on a card, like, or $50 on a card, or even $20 on a card. You can find cards for, like, 5 bucks uh, that are... I mean, sure, they're not, like, going to be the top... I mean, I don't know. You could find maybe some rookie cards for 5 bucks that are going to be really good, but, like, you're not going to find, like... If you're, if you're maybe if you're not looking into rookie cards, you're looking into like autographs or like patches. Like sure, maybe you're not going to be able to find a Luca autograph or a Luca patch for five bucks. But like, what'll happen is the if you spend more time looking into the card, the five bucks will will if you have a limit, you're going to spend more time looking into. In theory, you should do this. But I'm not saying that you do, but in theory, it's a good kind of practice is to, if you have the five bucks, don't just like buy the first card you see for five bucks. Like maybe look into it a little bit more because that's going to help you learn some more about the specific card. It's going to help you more learn more about the market. Uh, And, you know, just in my opinion, like if you have a cap, like that's going to help because you shouldn't you shouldn't spend the money that you don't have and if you only have $5 you can find good cards for $5 I'm going to tell you that and it's not even just at a card show you can find them on Facebook Marketplace or you can find them on eBay or if you're going to a card show I mean there's tons of dollar boxes so you could find five $1 cards realistically like if you were going to the National over the summer there's probably a chance that you could have bought five you probably could have bought Lamar Jackson rookie cards for for a dollar a piece, maybe two dollars a piece. But like, there's a good chance that you probably could have found those cards. So like, if you're looking to invest it, it's five dollars is tough if you're looking to invest. But like, if you like, you probably for Trey Young for one hundred percent sure you could have got for five dollars at the national. And now that I think they're in the twenty range, um, or. Maybe 10, 15, whatever. I actually, off, off the top of my head, I forget, but I know they've gone up since, since the summer. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if you have that $5, start small. Because from my experience, so when I was going to check out my cards, when I first got back into it, I was looking, and this is where I made the shift from looking at prospects, Bowman's to like just base rookie cards. 
uh, one issue that I had was I didn't realize that there was... First of all, I didn't realize there was a difference between paper Bowman and Bowman Chrome. So I bought a bunch of, like, Bowman, Bowman paper prospects. I also didn't realize... I also didn't even know that the first Bowmans were... It was a thing. Like, that's... It, that you shouldn't be... You shouldn't be buying non-first Bowman cards. I didn't even know either of these things. So, like, you don't know... I think this is a phrase. You don't know what you don't know, essentially. So I didn't know that there was such a thing as first Bowman, and I didn't know that there was a difference between Bowman and Bowman Chrome. So I spent, I bought a bunch of, like, random prospects, like, second or third Bowmans, and some of them were in Bowman paper. So, like, you're going to make mistakes. So, like, that's why I'm saying, like, if you're going to make, if you're, you should plan on making mistakes and buying cards that either don't go up in value or uh, that you don't like and that are tough to sell because for whatever reason. So that's why starting small, I think, is one of the keys if you're starting sports cards or you're looking into sports cards. Uh, just just because like you're going to make a mistake. And I, if, in my opinion, I would rather someone make a mistake with a $5 card than a $100 card because it's, I'm telling you, it is so easy like, it is so easy to just waste $100 on sports cards and not know what you're doing. Like, if you were to go to, like, a retail store and spend $100 on boxes, like, if you don't know about the secondary market as much, you're not going to realize that buying boxes is actually just, like, a terrible, like, investment. Like, it's not an investment at all. It's gambling, first of all. And second of all, it's just, you're not going to be, you're not pulling any crazy cards out of retail boxes from Target or Walmart or whatever. Yeah, for sure. I mean, one of my buddies, Jake, and I don't know if he listens to the podcast, he said that he bought a retail box at Walmart. He said that he didn't even pull one rookie card, a prison box. He didn't even pull one rookie. Like, that's insane. That's the only reason why, that, like, the rookie card is like the mecca of sports card. And he said he didn't even pull one when he opened up a whole box. Granted, a whole box is like 24 cards or whatever. So out of the 24, he didn't get any rooks. I think there's six packs and four four players per pack, if I'm remembering that correctly. So starting small with players slash products. No, starting small with products, starting small with money. And then if you want to start... But if you want to go a different route, if you want to start small with players, like, if... And I, and I mean, if you're starting small with players, I think that's a, that's an area where you can maybe learn about a player's market easier than a whole market of a product. Like, because each player is going to have a different... Each product has its own market, but then each player has its own market within the market, if that makes sense. I did it again. Trying not to. Trying not to say that. But each player has their own market within a product's market. So, like, just for example, like, over the summer I sold an Alex Bregman card that I pulled out of Series 1 that was probably my best pull that I've ever gotten out of however much I've spent on retail product. Or not, well, that was a hobby product, but however much I spent, I pulled the 
patch, a Bregman patch, and I posted it on Instagram. I didn't really know that much about it at the time. I was still not new, but it was still like I don't know exactly how to find this card. So, like, somebody offered like a hundred bucks because they were like, well, the immaculate patches were going for the same price, but this was coming out of Series 2. And I was like, no, I, I think I want to... I looked at some of the other players, and I think this certain card can sell for... I think I wanted 200 for it. I think I... The, I ended up accepting an offer for 175 which, I, I mean, that was basically what funded my card buying at the National, which was awesome. Uh, but, like, Bregman, like, if you're starting with a certain player, you want to look at, like, their rookie year. So, Bregman's rookie year was 2017. And then from there, you can basically start getting into, like, his rookie card is from Series 1. Or, like, if you are looking into... If you're starting to look into, like, patches and autos, you can look into... Uh, actually, you know, I'm not even going to say any of these products. I don't, I don't know for sure, like, what, I, what the the best one is, to be honest, because I don't, I focus more on base rookie cards, so I'm going to stick to that, but within, like, that year, I'm sure you can find, like, a Heritage Bregman, or you can find whatever other products were out in 2017, you can find all those products for that specific player, uh, and that's how you can start small with, like, a specific player. Sports, I mean, I think sports I kind of covered throughout all those other three examples there, so I'm not going to specifically get into sports. I mean, with with sports, the one thing is that you should know is that there are companies. Each each company basically has their own sport. So, like Tops is with baseball, Panini is with football and basketball, and then Upper Deck is with hockey. You should know that, but for the most part, after that, there isn't as much. If you're, if you're looking into either of those other three things, that's those other three things fall in line with if you're starting small with sports, essentially. So then the second... Uh, so we got into three, three ways to start small with sports cards. And now I'm going to get into the second overall thesis that I have is to just buy cards that you like. And buying cards that you like will... That'll, I mean, see, the problem with sports cards is that sometimes a player just doesn't pan out, you know? Like, I mentioned Greg Oden on a couple podcasts ago. Like, Darko Milicic. Um, I mean, Andrew Wiggins is another example. Like, these players that, if you bought them because of the money. So, just an example, I bought, so this is so stupid and super annoying. I bought some... Corbin Burns autographs. And you don't know who Corbin Burns is. He is a relief pitcher on the... He's a relief pitcher on the Brewers. When they were going to the, through the playoffs, I was like, this looks like a good card to buy. So I bought it for like 20 bucks. his auto, cool. Now they're like $8, which granted, $8 is still decent, but I only was buying that card for the money, and now I have like three just Corbin Burns autographs that... Maybe I can like do a giveaway or something, but like I don't, I don't really like Corbin Burns necessarily. Like, and I don't know, maybe he'll come back and have a rebound year. But last year he did not pitch well whatsoever. But I only bought those cards because I thought I could flip them for money. And granted, 
I think if you're buying cards for money and trying to flip them, I don't think you necessarily have to like the player. But if you're buying cards for your collection, realistically, if you're buying cards for a longer term hold, like if you're just quickly flipping a card, like maybe buying players that you don't like doesn't isn't a bad thing, I guess. But like if you are looking for more long term investments. Just, like, look into players that you like. I mean, if you have to spend a few extra dollars to buy, like, a Bowman or something or a player that you like, I would suggest doing that because, like, worst-case scenario is those cards become worthless. Uh, and I don't think uh, there ever will be a point where it will be worth worthless. Like, I think there will always be a point where it will have some value to someone and you will eventually be able to sell it. But it's just tough sometimes because, like... I mean, also, those Bowmans, I was buying those Bowmans because I wanted to flip them. And now I just have a bunch of random paper and Bowmans that in my at the start of my Com C inventory that are just random. That even though I price them the lowest on the market, no one else wants them. So basically, also, the other thing is, like, cards only have value if other people are willing to buy them. That's another kind of thing to look at. Like, cards, sure... Like, I don't know. I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but, like, sure, um, a player might have a lot of value, perceived value, because he's doing well. But, like, if he's only had, like, two or three cards sell on the market, like, that doesn't then equal your card equaling that. If it's if it's a low-numbered autograph, maybe, but, like, if it's just a base card, like, that doesn't then mean that you're... The base card that you have is worth that much... It's worth whatever someone's willing to pay for it, essentially. And I think that's that's like a marketing thing, maybe. But whatever. So, but, 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 but buying cards of players that you like instead of buying cards that you think will make you money, essentially, is maybe a better strategy than, than well, better strategy than buying cards that will make you money. Um, there are flip opportunities even with players that you like. I think if you even wanted to just, if Luca is your favorite player, and you love Luca. I think you even could flip Luca cards. Like, I think him and Trey Young have such a high value or a volume of sales that you could even just flip those two players. I guess I haven't tried it, and I think I want to, but I, I don't know off top for sure. But like, you could flip those players, and if you like the players, worst case scenario, if something drastic happens, and like Andrew Luck, for example, if you were buying Andrew Luck. I mean, that's actually probably the most extreme example of the past few years, is if you were if you had Andrew Luck Contenders Autos, I think a Andrew Luck Contenders Auto PSA 10 was selling for like 1200 bucks, and then within seconds after he retired, those prices just dropped in half. So granted, if you didn't like Andrew Luck, then, and you were invested in him, and you paid 1200 bucks for his autograph, uh, and you lost half of the value of it, it's still $600, but, like, obviously, if you were in heavily invested in Andrew Luck and you lost half your investment because he retired, that's just kind of the name. That's that's the name of the game, basically. And that you're not stuck with them because you can still sell them, but you've lost a lot of the money that you probably spent on the cards. Um, because Luck was one of those players that people expected to have, like, some sort of comeback year this year, and, I mean, obviously, if you retire, that's not what happened uh but yeah i mean those are basically 
those are the two main tips and I kind of went into specifics about each of the tips and kind of how you can take them and kind of maybe morph them into something either your investment strategy or your collection strategy um, and use them for use that use that advice as you will just be careful when you're buying cards because one other tip if you're starting if the deal looks too good to be true it probably is there's tons of scammers i mean just as there is in most industries and if you're buying stuff on ebay there's tons of scammers so just be careful um that's gonna be it for the episode uh follow me on instagram follow me on tiktok here's for sale if you want to follow me on linkedin it's adam palmer i have red hair i might even make that into a shirt uh linkedin adam palmer my name my name is adam palmer red hair uh if you listen to the podcast, share it on your story. Always looking to grow, grow the show. Uh, and I will see you in the next one.